Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, man, what a Thursday it is. The uh, Ian Rodby hook em up program with you. The sportsgasm continues. The NFL's back tonight. The sports runneth over as of this weekend. College and pro football, Major League Baseball. Just wait till the NBA and the NHL start coming up in August, October. But right now, we got plenty. We have a major problem, though. This is a major problem, Rod. We're, mm-hmm. we're geeked up about this NFL game tonight. Chiefs. Hosting, hoisting their trophies in the banner, oh, yeah. then playing the upstart Detroit Lions. You and I have a problem. We are both Direct TV. No, I'm not Direct TV subscriber. You're not. You're. I'm Uverse. You decide on Uverse too. I don't NBC have NBC. Is, I don't yeah. have NBC. If I'm not mistaken, NBC is. It's been out for us for a while. I've forgotten about it. I don't know how long it's been. I know. I've just gotten used to not having it, yeah, but exactly. I don't watch a lot on NBC. <laughs> there were some golf events that I had missed, and the Ryder Cup will be coming up, which is a bummer. Yeah. But uh, these, 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 you know, ESPN is carrying the Texas Alabama game on Saturday, and a lot, and that's a lot of folks who won't have ESPN or have to come out and join us out at the uh, field house or wherever. What am I going to do about this game? Now, if you have Peacock, it can be streamed on Peacock, and then after the season opener, you can stream all the Thursday night games on Amazon. But for the season opener, I believe the exclusivity has gone to Peacock for it. I have Peacock. Well, I use someone's Peacock. Um, and I'm hoping that whatever package that I have will allow me to watch the game now. If not, I'm going to have to go to my local watering hole go watch the game somewhere. Well, and the problem is most of the watering holes I know of carry DirecTV. They're going to have a challenge, too. They're gonna, yeah, you're right. i got to call around first. Yeah, well, yeah I would. <laughs> got to call around and well, make sure. Because I mean, most of the good watering holes use direct tv because that's had where the, the package, package has been yeah. and that's where the you get they get the best sports in the at longhorn network and mm-hmm. nfl uh we'll see i you know this this has scanned the channels on your tv and you can watch nbc what is it what's oh the channels uh, oh like old if you school? have an an- antenna like old school like yeah like the old school way well coming up and yeah, off antenna. the record we've got a busy okay. hour i'm going to tell you i read a great story yesterday of what's really causing these these stalemates between these conglomerates and what the biggest issue oh, is right now. I know what it is. Money. Well, sure, it's money. <laughs> no, but it's an it, money. It, it's it's the it's the future, and the it's it's very similar to what's going on with the writers' strike and the actors' strike out in Hollywood, Rod. It's it's the exist, existential threats to nice each to, industry. Yeah. The changing entertainment ecosystem that yeah. everybody's adapting to. Yeah. So uh, somebody said, get an antenna. I might have to go down to the radio. Is there still a Radio Shack open in the world? No, Radio Shacks have closed. Where am I going to get an antenna? You didn't go to the radio. Best Buy. Best Buy? But can I hook an antenna up to my big screen television? they have HD antennas now. Oh, okay. What's that going to run me? I'll just get Peacock. What's that going to run me? I'll just get Peacock. 
Yeah, I mean, you could just get Peacock. I have Peacock, but I don't know. I know it may take a special package. Sometimes, you know, they have tiers of packaging. Just get YouTube TV. I did it again. I I resubscribed. Okay, mm-hmm. so YouTube TV would have the NBC. They'd have the game tonight. Yes. I don't okay. know if they do. All right, I'm doing that I today. I I, they might not. I actually. don't know if they do. I, I, I want to say I thought, is tonight not. So tonight's NBC, not Amazon for Thursday. I, yeah, NBC. I want to say Peacock has these. NBC tonight. I want to say Peacock has the streaming exclusivity for this one game, like this one game. So you this, have to have Peacock to watch. Yeah, the, the Peacock. The, if you're streaming, the Amazon Thursday games don't start till next week. Yes, I'm saying so after the season opener, then it kicks. So if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that, but I, it could be I could be wrong about that. I don't know if you can go just. Why well, I don't know if you can just show stream it on YouTube too. Walmart, Walmart, nineteen bucks. Sales and none of this took that right into my TV. Okay, all right, all right, cool. Let's get to the uh, headlines, and we're going to preview Texas Bama with a man and someone who's covered the Alabama Crimson Tide for twenty years. Let's get to the news though. Top Gun, Equipment Rentals, bring you the news. And uh, we start with the Longhorns. And, yeah, we are now two days out to the game of the week and one of the games of the year in college football, Longhorns and Crimson Tide. Texas owns a 7-2-1 and all-time record against Alabama. But Saturday's matchup will be the first meeting between the two college football Blue Bloods on campus in Tuscaloosa since their first ever meeting in 1902. Crimson Tide haven't lost a game on that field since 2019. Game kicks at 6 o'clock Saturday evening. Our pregame coverage goes live at 3.30 from the Fieldhouse at the Crossover in Cedar Park. Big recruiting win yesterday for the Longhorns up at Allen High School in the Metroplex. Four-star defensive end Zena Umeozulu committed to Texas, further bolstering a defensive line class that now sits at five members. The 6'4.5", 225-pounder is the younger brother of current Texas offensive lineman Neto. He picked the Longhorns over Oklahoma and Texas A&M, made official visits to all three in June. Yesterday here on Ian Rodby, Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas joined us and provided a scouting report on the newest uh, Longhorn commitment. He's got that tall 6'4.5". He's about 225 right now, that 83-inch type of wingspan, those really long arms. That frame that's going to take some time to develop, right, guys? Mm-hmm. But he's got twitch. He's got quick feet. Um, he's playing some middle linebacker this year for Allen out of necessity, uh, which also speaks to what the kid will do to help him try to win football games because that definitely sets his development as an edge back a little bit. But he's a guy that down the line, as he adds more weight and strength to that frame, and he learns pass rush technique uh, with those long arms in that frame, he has a chance to be a quality player. NFL regular season kicks off tonight, as we mentioned. It's uh, in Kansas City. Chiefs will hoist the banner and then play the Detroit Lions. Lions went nine and eight last season, but one went ten and two, eight and two in their last ten. Nearly snuck into the playoffs. They're a team on the rise. And they're playing tonight. Plenty of questions for the Chiefs. Chris Jones still in a holdout. All-pro tight end Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice Tuesday. They're going to work him out this morning. He's listed as questionable. Be a game-time decision, apparently. Rams will not have Cooper Cup in their lineup this Sunday. Los Angeles head coach Sean McVay has ruled out the wide receiver for week one against Seattle and says the Rams haven't ruled out placing Cup on the injured reserve because of that hamstring injury that is ongoing. Major League Baseball, holy humiliation, Batman. Houston Astros finish off a dominating three-game sweep of the Texas Rangers last night in Arlington. 12-3 the beatdown this time. Houston outscored the Rangers in the three-game series 39-10, hit five more home runs last night at 16 in the three-game series. It's most ever in a three-game span. Astros now lead the AL West by, over, by a game over the Mariners, three up on Texas. Rangers now trail Toronto by a half game for the wild card spot, the final one in the American League. Round Rock lost at El Paso last night in basketball. Kim Mulkey, new 10-year contract with LSU Women's Basketball. And Rodney Terry and the Texas Longhorns announced yesterday that the Horns will host Coach Terry's alma mater, St. Edwards in an exhibition game on Monday, October 30th at Moody Center.
Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, Rod, we'll continue our NFL previews coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll hit the NF, uh, NFC North and the NFC South, which includes Atlanta and Bijan Robinson. But right now, can we go to the Vaqueros hotline and uh, get some in-depth conversation about the Alabama Crimson Tide with someone who knows his stuff? He is uh, from BamaOnline.com. He's been covering the Tide since 03 and is covering them to this day. He is Travis Ryrer. Uh, he's on Twitter, at Travis Ryrer. Uh, uh, Travis is his first name, last name, R-E-I-E-R. Travis Ryer is with us. Travis, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys this morning? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Hey, uh... Rod, what's your what's your what's your biggest question for Alabama and Texas in this game you have for Travis right here? Uh, oh, really? It's about Jalen Milrow, uh, Travis. How do you think that uh, Alabama's going to use Jalen Milrow in the quarterback run game, and even uh, you know in the pass game? What do you think they're uh, trying to weaponize him in what fashion? Yeah, I think we're certainly going to see more of Jalen in design quarterback run situations than we did in the opener against Middle Tennessee. I think. He carried seven times in that game. He was sacked on two of those. Uh, and just two others were really runs that you could look at and say, yeah, the quarterback was in mind in that situation. One was on a touchdown run off a zone read, and then the other off a quarterback sneak from under center. So uh, you know, Tommy Reese's background as an offensive coordinator previously in Notre Dame, ironically enough, where he most recently worked with Tyler Buckner, Alabama's backup quarterback these days, uh, tells us that there's there's more in the bag from that perspective. And not just, again, in terms of the zone read game, but uh, quarterback counters, quarterback powers. Uh, he's not afraid to expose the quarterback to those situations in the run game, and he should do that with, uh, with Jalen. And I think he's going to need to because I think this Texas defense, if you just want to try to line up and hand the ball to running backs, it's going to be tough. It was a year ago for Alabama. Yeah, and that was Jameer Gibbs, who's now playing for the Detroit Lions, was one of those main running backs, had some big plays in that game, and no Bryce Young, now it's Jalen Milrow. Travis, you've, as we mentioned, you've covered this team for a long time. you covered it for the entirety of the, the Nick Saban era, which has been dynastic. Uh, where does this team for you stack up versus some of the other Alabama teams you've covered? Yeah, to be determined. I think talent-wise, in terms of just the roster, you, you can look at it and say, yeah, this is this is one of those teams uh, but I think there are still some questions to be answered. You know, here recently it's involved more of the secondary depth, which a couple weeks ago I would have told you I thought was going to be a strength for this team and this defense, even with three safeties moving on to the National Football League from last year's group. But, you know, they've had some injuries of late, had a couple of guys in Jalen Key and uh, Malachi Moore get dinged up in the, the opener against MTSU. They were already down a safety, so – you know, that's obviously one of the big storylines this week, especially with the skill talent that Texas is going to put in front of them. And you know, I think Alabama at the corners um, with Terry and Arnold and, and Kool-Aid McKinstry and, and also a transfer that they brought in and Trey Amos from Louisiana can hold up pretty good. Uh, but, again, the, the availability of a couple of key guys, uh, both at safety and where their sub packages are concerned is, you know, where you're a little bit worried for this Alabama defense right now. Offensively, uh, you know, it was great to see Jalen have the success he had, especially in the past game against MTSU. But I think if we're being honest, I think a lot of people out there are saying, okay, let's see him do it against a defense like Texas. Um, because he, he really had his ups and downs 
against A&M last season in a start against a legitimate Power 5 group. So there's still some blanks that need to be filled in for this team. Travis, what are your thoughts about the wide receiving core? In years recently, uh, we've seen the Alabama wide receiving core just littered with NFL first-round caliber talent. Uh, we know they got some some great players in their wide receiving group, but uh, who are the guys that Texas fans should be concerned about who may be uh, highlighted and featured uh, on that game on Saturday? Yeah, a lot of the same guys that they saw in last year's game, and it wasn't the best of performances for mm. Alabama's receivers in that one, Jermaine Burton is back. Ja'Cory Brooks is back. Um, they've added some pieces there as well. Um, Malik Benson coming in from the junior college ranks. Jalen Hale is a Texan, as a true freshman that they are very high on. And if you ask me about potential first-round guys, he might be at the top of my list. Now, he's still a few years down the road. But just in terms of big-picture uh, viability as a, as a pro, uh, he might be that guy. So, uh, you know, they feel really good about their inside receivers. Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice. Prentice had four catches against Texas last year. So uh, there's a lot of depth, a lot of returning depth, uh, but they got a lot to prove too. I know a lot of this is being put on Jalen Milrow, but uh, the receivers have to be better than they were a year ago. They were good in the opener against Middle Tennessee. But again, you know, this is a sort of show-me game for that position on this team. Yeah, you got uh, Jace McClellan, the Texan, at running back. There's another one in Jam Miller, the sophomore, is a is a is a Texan. A lot of a lot of Lone Star uh, talent on this Alabama roster that will uh, host the Longhorns. As we said, only the uh, first first matchup in Tuscaloosa between these two since 1902. Uh, pretty incredible. Uh, so the defense, it's always a Nick Saban staple. Uh, the defensive line, we know the linebackers and, and uh, Chris Braswell is back. Dallas Turner is back. Those guys can wreak havoc. Who are the guys up front? Because the Texas offensive line struggled uh, last week a little bit with Rice, some, some confusion. Uh, who, who are the, the war daddies up front for, for Nick Saban this year on the front? Yeah, they're still trying to identify those guys. I, I mean, they like Jaheim Otis, the sophomore. Uh, who has proven to be versatile because they've been able to play him more at end so far this season, which has allowed for Tim Keenan to emerge in that defensive front. So they've got capable guys. Do they have dudes? Uh, We're still waiting to see on that one. Now, on the edges, you really like what they have at the outside linebacker position with Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Even Q Robinson is a third guy. Did some nice things last week against MTSU. So, I would expect more so if pressure is going to come from this Alabama front seven on Saturday night to Quinn Ewers, it'll probably be more from the linebacker level because I think both these defenses are going to work those A-gaps with some of these linebackers because uh, pass protection where the running backs are concerned too, something that's going to be under the microscope. And uh, up front, I I think Alabama feels good about just in early downs and you know, run situations that they've got guys that can get the job done. But as far as dynamic playmaker types like Quinnen Williams, uh, like, you know, Deron Payne and some of those guys, still kind of waiting for those to emerge. Hey, Travis, what about the, uh, you know, the assimilation of the coordinators uh, with Nick Saban? We know he's had a lot of turnover there because he's had a lot of success and teams are trying to poach his coaches all the time. He's got two new coordinators. Uh, talk about uh, the, the new systems they're bringing in and what they look like offensively and defensively. 
plenty of familiarity where Kevin Steele is concerned. This is his third stint with Mick <laughs> in Tuscaloosa. So, you know, that, that's been pretty seamless, I think. Um, and I, and I think there's been you know, so much emphasis on back to basics, fundamentals, you know, things mm-hmm. that Alabama really didn't handle with a plum last season, including the game in Austin where, you know, so many penalties uh, for that Alabama defense, even with the experience they brought back. So, They've worked hard on cleaning that up. I think offensively, Tommy Reese and kind of his background meshes well with where Nick saw this offense going in the post-Bryce Young era uh, with the change at quarterback and kind of looking at the potential strengths for this offense in comparison to the last few years. Uh, I think Tommy is, is matched up well from that standpoint. And, you know, as a quarterback's coach, he's got a lot on his plate. You know, he walked into a three-man race. And he essentially added to it, I guess, with Tyler Buckner as the third. But, you know, that's that's a big part of this, too, continued growth uh, for, for five scholarship quarterbacks, which they're carrying right now. Track talking to Travis Ryer uh, with uh, On3Sports, BamaOnline.com. He's covered this program for a long, long time, 20 years now. Uh, you know, what do you say, to the because you have seen the program so close, the rise and now where they are. After last year's two-loss season, both came on the road, both came on the last play of the game. There were also a couple of close uh, wins against Texas and Texas A&M and some others. Some are saying that Alabama's sliding back a little bit. Are you in that camp, or do you feel like that's that's overblown? Yeah, I'm not ready to go there yet. You know, this is a week of narratives, right? This is yep. the narrative. If Texas is back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna truly find out on Saturday night. And conversely, if if Texas is back, what does that mean for the narrative that maybe Alabama is uh, in descent under Nick Saban relative to the impossible standard anyway that he has established not relative really to anyone else in college football but no i think those are the things that are are make this week intriguing too uh is that you know some some questions or at least some partial answers to some questions uh should be revealed and uh again i don't see it in terms of the talent that is being acquired by alabama on an annual basis um, but at the end of the day, it is uh, relative to that standard that he has established. Uh, Ten and two is eleven and two is essentially a, a, a failure, a missed opportunity on the college football playoffs. So that's the that's the way the program is judged these days. And to be honest with you, I don't think Nick would have it any other way. Don't disagree at all. Uh, how about the chess match, Travis? I mean, that's that's Sark v. Saban. I mean, they're familiar with one another, obviously. Uh, neither showed very much on either side of the ball last week. Um, you know, how do you – and last year in this game here in Austin, uh, you know, felt like Sark had some things going early before Quinn Ewers got hurt. How do you see the chess match between the two head coaches? Yeah, guys like Sark and Lane Kiffin, they always have hellacious scripts. Usually those first 15 or 20 plays – your defense is just trying to survive the script. And so uh, I, I'm sure the Alabama defensive staff is, is expecting just uh, a little bit of everything potentially, again, from a Texas offense that has the personnel to pretty much carry out whatever Sark wants to do or attempt to do anyway. So, um, you know, it, that's why the opening eight, ten minutes of this game will be um, – you know, so in, in, intriguing to watch because, again, um, you know the potential that, that Sark has and, and that personnel group that he has uh, to do some explosive things early. Uh, I think it's on Ewers to show he can connect in the, in the deep passing game and his receivers. they got to finish plays for him too. 
Um, but that's that's the thing that I think, you know, if, if Alabama can get through that first eight to ten minutes defensively and kind of get its feet under it behind that home crowd, uh, I'm expecting a grinder anyway, kind of similar to last year's game. I'm not seeing this game in the 30s by any means. And um, so that's where, you know, that that's that's where the, the talent should take over at some point. And, you know, kind of the, the styles of play uh, offensively are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Travis, I, I happen to think, I don't think any team's going to be able to run the ball with the traditional run game um, because of how mm-hmm. stout the defensive fronts are. Is that what you're feeling when you're talking about this thing kind of being a, a struggle for both teams offensively a little bit? Yeah, I just, for Alabama, I, I, I don't think it has a choice but to get Jalen Milrow more involved in the design run game. So, you know, I, I'm not thinking he's going to carry it 20 times, but I think he'll be 10 or more. Mm-hmm. Um as far as running the football, because I think you hit on it. Creativity, uh, and Sark's good at that, too. I mean, yeah. you saw the throwback screen for the touchdown last week. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the run game, but how you utilize your backs, uh, scrimmage yards, things like that for the backs, both as receivers uh, and runners. And also, of course, I mean, you got a couple tight ends in this game that you saw last week uh, can both really rip the seam mm-hmm. um, between Amari Nyblack for Alabama and then Jatavian Sanders for Texas. So there is just a lot to cover. And it's not just the run game, but yeah, I'm with you. I think the yards are going to be hard between the tackles. Uh, Last thing for me, Travis. Travis Ryer, the quarterback matchup. Obviously, Quinn Ewers, we know he's been good, but also struggles against uh, exotic coverages. And then Jalen Milrow, for our audience, when you saw him last year in, in, in there for Bryce Young when he was hurt, uh, we know he can run it. We we know what type of athlete he is. What what gave him troubles last year when he when he had his uh, his moments behind Bryce? I think it was just uncertainty mm-hmm. and perhaps the magnitude of the situation got him a little bit because the week before, as difficult as it is to come off the bench early in a game and be thrust into action. I think maybe for some guys it's beneficial to them that they just are thrown in there. They don't have time to really consider everything. You know, it's more reactionary. But you go from that to a week lead-up of you pretty much know you're the starter and everything that goes with that. Um, I think there was some anxiety for Jalen. And so, you know, that'll be a part of this too. Even with MTSU last week, what I wanted to see from Jalen was poise and composure and how he sort of managed things early in the game. And he did a great job of it. Um, different deal for a guy from Texas going against the, the, the team he was previously committed to. So um, that's something else early in the game I, I think you, you keep an eye on for, for Alabama is, you know, is Jalen within himself? Does he um, manage things efficiently? Does he not try to, you know, hit the home run on, on every snap? Uh, because that's where the turnovers can come from. And so uh, take care of the football, run the, the offense efficiently. Uh, I think Tommy Reese, as we saw last week, is going to try to help him as far as pre-snap and getting plays in early, getting them up to the line of scrimmage earlier in the play clock. Uh, the checks are going to come from the sideline with Tommy up in the box. Uh, so that's sort of the process that, that they're working with Jalen right now. And I think at least in week one, uh, it was beneficial to him. Travis, great stuff, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. just the uh, preview we wanted uh, for our audience. So getting ready for this game, as good as a look as we'll get at the Crimson Tide from that side. Thank you, Travis, so much. Uh, you can follow Travis on Twitter at Travis Ryer, R-E-I-E-R. Easy to find and uh, a great follow. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. All right, there you Thanks, go. Thanks, Travis.
All right, there's the deep dive from the Alabama yeah, side. It, it kind of, I mean, it's kind of what we've been describing that we think, it, you know, base is going to come down to these two quarterbacks and in different styles of play, obviously, different ways to win. But I think the running games on both sides are going to be neutralized. Tough. It's going to be tough to do that. And he said, you know, it's going to be tough to run in between the tackles. Yeah, but both defenses are also really fast. Yeah. So you're not trying to get to the edge really well either. And I think Texas has pretty good edge uh, defenders, and we know Bama does too. So I think it's going to end up, uh, you know, it's going to look ugly at first. And I love what he said about survive the script. That's always on my notes about if you want to beat Sark, you better survive that script, survive those first 20 plays, and Saban knows that. But then after that, I think it settles down, and then by the fourth quarter, it becomes a game about which quarterback can make plays. And, right. and it's about who makes the better adjustments, that chess match within the game, and that's going to be on, that's going to be on Sark versus yeah. Nick Saban and company. Yeah. And both, co- both fan bases, you just heard it from Travis, are, are not mm-hmm. sure what their quarterback will do in those big moments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> both, we have no both, idea. Both are uncertain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, and, and so there's a, there's a good preview right there. Good stuff. We come back. Uh, we'll dive back into our NFL previews as we shift gears a little bit today to get ready for the NFL season, going division by division across the NFL. We'll have our Super Bowl picks by the end of the show. Also going off the record before the end of the hour. It's a busy Thursday here on Ian Rodby. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Thanks to Travis Ryer. That was good stuff. If you needed to know, uh, it's the 411, the intel on Alabama. There you go. Mm. A lot of unproven things, but a talented roster, as usual, with Nick Saban. What a, what a matchup of uniforms we will have on Saturday Night Rod when the classics, baby. The classic Iconic. Icy Whites. Icy Whites for Ooh, Texas. The Stormtroopers. Against Man. those uh, classic crimson tops and. Deep red uh, jerseys for Alabama. I'm sorry, man. I always prefer the icy whites. I actually prefer the road uniforms. Well, me even too. But as but, a player, but those Bama home uniforms are iconic too. Think of even the movie Forrest Gump. You're watching Forrest Gump. There's Run Forrest. Mm, they're Eat. not. They're not clearly the icy whites though. No, they're not. They're not. Icy whites are nice. And even the, I like Bama's icy whites better than I like Bama's. You know, with the crimson. Iconic, though. It's coming Saturday it night. It's going to be uh, nice. It's going to be nice, A couple nice, of man. Texas quarterbacks, a Metroplex kid and a Houston area kid, and Jalen Milrow v. Quinn Ewers. Sark That's v. The Mentor. That's appropriate, too. That's appropriate. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is good. Tex- the state of Texas has more starting quarterbacks in college football than any other state, too. So. There you go. Uh, looking forward to it. Thank you to Travis Ryer. If you missed that, go back and hear it on the podcast. Somebody said, guys, the uh, the signal strength on 101.9 here in Leander, not strong. Had to switch to the horn app. Horn app. Thanks, guys. We're very aware of that. Thank you yeah. for finding that horn app. We it's... appreciate everyone that does it. We are still efforting. The, we are certainly working with the FCC to upgrade that 101.9 signal. You can help us. We're trying. By sending an email, a disgruntled, angry email to Ty Henderson. That's T. Henderson at hornfm.com. Be very critical. T. Henderson. But we need your address for mm-hmm. FCC purposes. No one's going to mail you anything. No, no junk mail's coming your way. Uh, we need the address because the FCC needs that to be able to verify the mapping and where, where people are having a hard time hearing it. You know, most of the time it's going to be in your car anyway, but just your address at your home, wherever you live, and then you send that email to Ty and say, I'm having a hard time here on 101.9. I'd like it to be better. Uh, here's where I live. And that's all we need. And uh, the more we need, as many as we can get to make our case to improve that signal. So your, your help. Would be there, and then we'd be able to get back in that signal. Hopefully, get back to, to the 1019 strength or 1049 strength or longer, or even. Stronger. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence. 
or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Stronger, I should say, but we do need your help on that. Oh, yeah, you can be like, oh, you want to make a lot. You want to be long and strong. Long and, and strong. And down to get the friction on. That's exactly uh, right. Oh, also, thanks to all the texters who uh, sent in, and, and to Ty, because uh, Ty said, suggested YouTube TV is where we should go, and the texters agree with Ty that us old guys, there's oldies here. Well, e. Hogan. I, I, we need to go to YouTube TV. We're having a conversation that's a moot conversation to a genera- to the generation that, that ties a part of. They're like, what are these old people talking about? I know. I'm going it's to YouTube. It's very easy. <laughs> he's, I know. Like, he's like, why are they stressing no, about that? There is no stress in this situation if you, well, you guys know what? I was telling would you. modernize your watching habits. <laughs> well, because tonight's game, I have DirecTV. I've, I've been DirecTV, Rod, since like 2000. Exactly. I'm, no, I'm, I still DVR stuff, all right? So that, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's an antiquated term in itself. Yeah, there's is. a DVR on YouTube TV. There you go. See, that's for, for us olds. See, but I, so yeah. and, and so and I'm a procrastinator. So here we are, the day of the NFL. I knew I had to do this, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to disconnect Directv. Finally, I, I guess. But then, do I have to take the dish down? I just leave it up there, don't I? Just yeah. leave. They the come dish. get it, don't they? I hope so. I think they come get it because they grab, charge you for it if, you, if they don't get it yeah, back. Come I get, believe. get your dish. But then uh, I'll just go to YouTube. I'll do it today. I'll do it today because then because I, I don't because Directv they're having a dispute with the with NBC and I don't get NBC and that's what the game's on tonight. Yeah. So I'm going. Today's the day, Rod. Today's the day. Does wifey know this, this cord cutting is happening? <laughs> She's going to be It'll pleasantly be surprised. It, it actually, Listen, we, it needs to does, happen anyway. You people with YouTube, if she doesn't have HGTV, I'm going to get you neutered. You people. I'm it does. It, there it is, does have HGTV? I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, that's it's all she watches. To. So we're good. That's it's all she watches. To. We're good. Yeah, no. Yes, yeah, As long to. as she gets that channel. What, HGTV? Yeah, and that's good. She's not watching reality TV? She's not watching The Real Housewives? No. Well, the good part my, about my it, too. My wife needs, she needs that. She needs is you can integrate like, your HBO into HBO Max into it as well. Can build your own package? Yeah. Build your own like, cable package? Yeah, there's a lot of different add-ons. There's a whole sports. You can. I think you can get the Pac-12 network. It's an add-on, but... <laughs> Why would everything, you get, for one more year? Pretty much everything's available. I don't know. It's a great year. Great quarterbacks. No, undefeated still. The Pac-12 may have their best year ever. The irony of this is just, is just blowing me away. They may end up having their best. They had the best start in 40 years because they're undefeated. They have the highest completion percentage for quarterbacks. They're averaging the highest yards per play. The Pac-12 is awesome right now, and they may end up going to the college football playoff for the first time since when, E? What what was it? Is it oh, Washington? 16, yeah, 16. was it Washington? Yeah, it was PK with Coach PK. Yeah, PK yeah, in that group. Yeah, and this and, they, and this is their swan song. Yeah. On their farewell tour, they might have one of their best seasons they've ever had in the history of the conference. All right. Um, so says Fubo TV has NBC and AT and T Sportsnet for Astros Rangers games. Okay. Well, yeah. Make someone someone sent me but that then I too. Don't have the, the direct ticket. You know the yeah. ticket, the ticket, Sunday ticket, it. Sunday ticket. You can't like have it. You can't have it all. Can't you, have it all. I know. You can't have it. That's what you want. You want it all. I used to. Have, well, Direct TV, <laughs> I had it all for a long time. You want it all. You can't now have it all. Now they're fragmenting me. You got to pick what what you need. All right, what you need and what you want. There's a difference. What sport sporting events do you need to be watching? That's what you need. You to definitely out. can't watch the Astros or Rangers on YouTube. All right, I know that. That's, well, that's the draw. I've gotten used to not watching the Astros. After this weekend, they're... I may not need to watch the Astros till the playoffs, so I think I'm good. <laughs> that's true. La di da, la di da. A lot of baseball, a lot of baseball left, but that was impressive or humiliating, whichever you want to take mm. it from the Astros or Rangers side. Hey, Rod, real quick, because uh, we're doing our NFL previews. If you're just tuning in uh, throughout the morning, we've gone team by team, and you can always go back on our on our. Uh, Let's do it. On our podcast and listen, but we we previewed in the first hour the AFC South and West. We all agreed on 
Jacksonville and Kansas City to win those divisions. No easy. disagreement. Yeah, Kansas City's won it eight years in a row. No, easy. Yeah, going for another one. Jacksonville's the rising team. Tennessee could be a challenge. And then in the AFC East, we both, I, I took Buffalo, Rod Ooh. took Miami, and Ty took the Jets. That was going to be fun to talk about all year long. That's going to be fun. And we're writing these down. The AFC North, I took Baltimore, Rod took Cincinnati. I will, which, I will say coin flip, though. You and I both agreed Baltimore and Cincinnati, either one could win that division. Those head-to-head matchups are yeah. going to be critical. And then Ty took Cleveland. Ty's oh. playing the outliers. Hey. I also took Dallas in the NFC East. Ooh. I took Philadelphia. You took Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just hard. Best lines of scrimmage. Jalen Hurts is balling. So that brings us to the NFC North. Let's do the North because Let's the Lions North. play tonight. Let's go. The Vikings won it last year at 13-4. and four. Uh, The Lions were 9-8. and eight. Remember, the Lions were 1-6 and six to start the year and then won eight of their last ten games. Uh, went 8-2 and two down the stretch. Nearly made the playoffs. Got to 9-8. and eight. Um, that's why people are saying they're a trendy pick because they figured some things out last year, and now here they are improved. Are you uh, are you feeling the Lions here in the FC North or someone else? I am feeling these Lions. Listen, I am a former Lion myself, okay? The Lions, I spent more time with the Lions than I did with any other NFL franchise. For the first time in forever, I can pick the Lions and not be a laughing stock. So I will pick the Lions. I will say that trendy pick. I'll go with it and say oh, the Lions are my pick for that division because I go either way. I could go the Bears. The Bears. Um, but, man, I, there's some trends I don't like about the Bears. I like Justin Fields. I like what they're doing with that offense. Uh, but, man, you go look at They were 33rd out of 33 quarterbacks in sack rate, Justin Fields was, last season. Uh, 32nd in interception rate. And that was an NFL high. And they had an NFL high 16 fumbles last season. They got a lot they got to correct and figure out. They were outscored out. by 137 last year. Yeah. They had a league low. How about they, they had a league low twenty sacks, so they didn't get to the opposing quarterback. I remember, a lot. they traded Roquan Smith, Khalil Mack, all yeah. their best defensive players. They, I, I like how excited everybody is about Justin Fields. They got a lot to work on uh, with that Bears offense. Remember, they had the number one pick, but they didn't need a quarterback, so they traded for DJ Moore yeah. uh, from Carolina, who, who finally gives them a number one receiver. Chase Claypool, they traded for as well from Pittsburgh last year. They got yeah. And they've got Khalil Herbert and Rojo uh, at running back. But you're right. I still think their defense is a work in progress in a big way. Um, maybe they push for five or six wins, but I'm not buying the Bears. I know in Chicago they're all fired up. But uh, it's between the Packers, Lions, and Vikings. Yeah. Uh, I need to see Jordan Love before I could actually pick them. So it's between the he Vikings and the Lions. had a good preseason, Lions. though, if that means anything. And I'm not buying the Vikings' defense. I'm really not. I know they just signed T.J. Hawkinson to the big deal. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison should be dynamic for Kirk Cousins. But I, too, am going with the Lions. The Motor City Ooh, Kitties. the Motor That's City Kitties. the best Kitties. team and the most complete team they've had since Matt Stafford and Megatron were making things happen in Detroit. Uh, I am taking the Lions in the NFC North. Yeah, that offense is truly – it's prolific. I mean, it's great. Ben Johnson won't be there long. He's the offensive 453 coordinator. 453 points last year. Exactly. And this, ain't, this is they my – gave pro- up 427. They the, need to fix yeah, that part. Yeah, they'll figure out the defense. I think they'll, it'll take some time, but they'll figure out the defense. And remember, you brought this up yesterday, and you were so right. Their offensive line dealt with a ton of injuries last year. In the midst of becoming a top-five offense, they did with their offensive line in shambles because of injuries. Only three teams had more offensive line injuries than Detroit. And when they're healthy, they're really good. Boom. So that is why people are projecting them to take another leap because it took them the first half of the season when they were struggling to get the offensive line healthy because they were really struggling there. One thing about Minnesota, I like Minnesota, but, man, they they – their their record last year just did not reflect <laughs> how unstable their winning formula was. 
you go look at it, Minnesota had 11 one-score games in 2022. Um, eight of those 11 one-score games uh, basically are, were fourth-quarter comebacks. <laughs> so they, um, they so they won 11 one-score games, and eight of those 11 were fourth-quarter comeback variety, which tied an NFL record. Um, they're the first NFL team in history uh, ever to win 13 games and have a negative play differential. I just, yeah, I... I, I, I why are we underestimating? Gotta, why, why are we underrating the Vikings at 13 wins last year? Is this gotta the defense? Be re, it's got to be a regression somewhere. Yeah. It, they were just so unlikely. Yeah, they it got was, outscored in their games by three points, as you just said. I mean, it's uh, they they found so many ways to win, including the game against the Colts where they were down 32 to nothing or whatever it was, and they won the game. Yes. Oh yeah, that was a come. <laughs> remember they broke the remember they broke the Houston record. Yes. I saw the Buffalo Bills record for their comeback against the Houston Oilers in the playoffs, which was 32 points. Theirs was 33 points. Yes. So I yeah I, I listen I I'm not saying that they're gonna regress I'm just saying that if you're gonna pick somebody to regress probably in the NFC it might be them just because of all of the different things that's brought up and by the way Kirk Cousins did not have a great season last year he had his second worst completion percentage second worst touchdown rate he had a career high in interceptions third worst interception rate worst yards per attempt third worst sack rate um, worst passer rating. He had one of his worst seasons ever, and yet they still were able to win, uh, you know, 13 games, and they lost that first game in the playoffs, and I think they were exposed by a Giants team. Do you th- so we, we have both alliances. Who do you have, Ty, in the a- NFC North? I have the Vikings, but I, I don't think they win 13 games. You're, okay, you're holding your nose and taking the Vikings. Uh, <laughs> one or two playoff teams out of the North, right? If we like the Lions, is there another playoff team there, or is it just a one-division playoff league? Mm, I got them just one. Because I, I think the Vi- Vikings I think could NFC, be a playoff team. I think the NFC East is going to have two teams. I do, right? too. Maybe they had three last year. They, exactly. They, it's a good point. They could end up having three. And I think the NFC West is going to have two. I do, too, with the Seahawks and Niners. We'll get to them next hour and the NFC South, where Bijan and the Falcons uh, were only a couple of games back of first place last year. We'll get you details there. There's our preview of the NFC North. Lions, Lions, Vikings is our RR picks here. What say you? Specs text line 512-337-3776. Coming back, we will pick up the uh, off the record, including this day in 2011. We got one of the great sound bites of all time, Ron. One of the great sound bites ever. Coming up next and off the record. D.D. Mega Doo-Doo, I'm sorry, Mangoo-Doo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Off the record, Rod Babers, E. Hogan with you. Let's talk about some stories maybe you've missed that you really, really need to know. Let me just tell need you. To know. Need to know. Need to stuff. know. It's important. Including a must-read story that just dropped on Yahoo Sports today from our friend Ross Dellinger. Used to be at Sports Illustrated. Now Ross is at Yahoo. And he tells the behind-the-scenes story of how SMU and their billionaire oil tycoons, who are graduates and alumni, basically bought their way into the Power Five. And here's a great quote from the story that I'm reading right now, Rod. Talking to one of the oil tycoons who helped uh, fund their move to the – remember, they're not making any money from the no. ACC and their move to the ACC. One of the, uh, one of the billionaires said, uh, it's a couple hundred million dollars. I'm not losing sleep over it. Exactly. He's a billionaire. <laughs> it's a couple hundred million dollars. And he hangs out with other billionaires. 
David and, Miller is and by the way, guy. It's not David like, Miller. It's not like they're getting no money. They're just not getting media rights. Right. Like, they'll get some broadcast shares. share. They'll get share of like when you make it to college football, when your conference makes it to the college football playoff and like bowl money, all that kind of stuff. They'll get some money. They're just not getting the media rights shares. Yeah. That's what they're not getting. David so Miller. Got to clear my, that up. My favorite quote in a while. No, it's, I mean, it's a couple hundred million dollars. Because he's a billionaire. I'm not losing sleep over. And I know, billionaires I know. have billionaire friends. Yeah. So they were like, nah, man, for us, it's not that big a deal. For y'all, I'm sure y'all are stressing about it, but for us, we're cool. We're good. We're pulling out we're of good. our dark period. <laughs> exactly. We're good. I, if you're a billionaire, I don't know how many dark periods you have, honestly. No, I'm talking hey, about SMU, the program. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Billionaires, don't know if the, maybe their dark period is uh, you know, a lot different than everybody else's, but you're right, SMU. I think it's a smart move by them. I said it's a smart move because when it's all said and done and we're 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 past the point of the separating of the have and the have nots in this whole thing. Um the, everybody who's not in one of those power four conferences now cuz Pac-12 have lost their status as a power conference. Um there uh, I I'm going to say they're going to regret it, but there will be a a shift in the uh uh, basically in the revenue right that is generated with those guys who are in those or those programs that are in those top four conferences and for those who are not. And there's only a few places where you're going to be able to find major college sports and major college sports will be consolidated in those four conferences and everything else will be considered a lower tier. Yeah. yeah. Much lower tier. Yeah. Though. Well, 10 years from now, you won't remember that the billionaires bought them in and, and they'll be part of the history book. But at the same time, they'll be in the ACC and yep. that's where you need to be in that, that group be, of 68 man. and not in the other side. Yeah, because you're not going to be able to recruit. You're it's, not going to be able to get good coaches there. Yeah, you're Nothing. relegated. You won't yeah. be making near as much. And yeah, you're out. You're out. It's Premier League. You're, you're not in the Premier League. There you you're go. Out. It's a great point. Great, you're, great comparison. You're, you're Ted Lasso's team. <laughs> yeah. And you can't play your way up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're stuck there. Yeah. Because you're right, because realignment, I don't know what realignment looks like once we have consolidated into these power four conferences. Like yeah. you said, it may it may be within those power four, but never or not never, but highly unlikely that it'll become someone outside well, the power four that adds to the power four. Well look, because TV is driving all this and media there's a chance that there would be a group of 68 champion, and then you could have the rest that have a tournament, and they have a championship. And, heck, maybe they play down the road. I don't know. The champions of each. That might get fun, but that's that's a ways away. Uh, Rob, what do you have off the record? Uh, okay, how about this? Tom Brady. He's TV, back in the news. TB12. He's, he's making moves, guys. Tom Brady has a new venture post-NFL, um, and this was kind of weird. He's partnering up with a massive American airline. Delta announced a multi-year agreement Wednesday that they've struck with uh, Tom Brady and TB12, making him a new long-term strategic advisor for their company, which will see him give their employees, their customers, and their stakeholders a piece of uh, his mind and wisdom on a number of topics, including general greatness, uh, something that's, you know, obviously a part of his brand. He's just, I'm, I'm the GOAT, man. I'll teach y'all how to be GOATs like me. So uh, how about that? Delta and Tom Brady teaming Delta was up. the source of the toxic flight, just so we know. Yes, they're, they're the ones with <laughs> the biohazard. The biohazard. Bio-hazard. Hey, hey, you know what? This, what's interesting though about the biohazard thing, guys? Yeah. Remember, we talked about this after we saw the porta potty fight and we saw the, 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 the young lady in the romper and the white boots. We were like, she's going to be a star. And I predicted, oh, they'll find her in like a couple of days. That's just how, that's how the internet works now. If somebody goes viral, the internet will find them and, you know, will be all up in their business in a couple of days. They have not yet found the, the, the person the pooper? that, yes, that there was the bio, reason for the biohazard. And that either means. Are you sure they didn't throw him off the plane? 
Well, still, the, they, the, inter, the internet would find them, though. The internet, because there are people on this plane, on this flight. No, I know. So you, I you, wonder why the privacy. There must be maybe it's sensitive for some reason. Maybe they were actually sick. I don't know. It like, was an international flight. Like, it maybe it was, it. Yeah. But still, though, the internet, it's international, man. We get, we get stuff like that all the time. How have we not found out who How the biohazard have we not is? found it? You know what I mean? And there's a theory that because of the video that came out and you saw all of the <clears throat> excrement on the plane and the amount of it, there is a belief that it was a woman, <gasps> potentially. Oh, it looks like white boots. Okay, so can we... A, um, a woman or a dude in shorts. Can we, <laughs> there had to be something that was... Because yeah, okay, that was too... It was nothing too, was holding it in. Yeah, exactly. Was Somebody in a dress. <laughs> or they took something off. Like, right, how did it, how did it, can, it can go down the leg. Last thing I got to give you. Exactly. Trust me, I know. Oh, I know you know. So I told that story yesterday, and we won't tell it. Podcast again. it. Go podcast. That's a once a year story. Now. That is a once a year. Kind of play this. So once a year, we have to play this because September seventh of twenty eleven, we heard this from uh, Coastal Carolina head football coach David Bennett. One of the great all-time sound clips that we've ever archived happened on this Amen, day brother. twelve years ago. Let's fire it up just for memory's sake. Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament for practice, right? Twelve cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door. But the screen's broke, so you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look. There's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. Cat starts going all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, it's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. So I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. The cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. <laughs>